The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 196 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? Doing well. How are you doing? No complaints. Are you excited for Duke and North Carolina, potentially a big game on Saturday night? Yes. Coach K, your favorite. Um, Jay Wright, another guy that you, you know well. Um, I actually have, you know, happy not to dwell on the tournament because we want to talk NBA. We haven't talked in a while, but everyone loves the underdog stories. But I like a Final Four with actual close games you know you don't want a st peter's where there's somebody's gonna get blown out by 20 so i like seeing some prospects i like seeing some blue bloods and of course you do have receipts of you predicting duke winning the title like back in january or something well two of my best bets you know i am wrong all the time and i'll change my mind a lot but if you just freeze at a moment in time i did say coda 25 to 1 to win best picture at one point right and then by the time this was over right on bovadasportsbook.com coda was like before the oscars like minus 175 or something and in both cases i I said coda 25 to 1 and then i think i took it back but Last week, I did say Paulo Banquero, 33 to 1 for most outstanding player in the Final Four, seems very viable right now as a bet. Can't imagine. You can't so, get it now, but so he, you could have last here's, week. Here's the way that it'll go, right? Like, I, I'll just say this right now. Depending on who you think is going to win a title, you should bet either. This, this would be my guess, right? So, yes, it typically will matter, like, who the Final Four, like, how they play in the actual Final Four. But, like, Paolo would obviously be if Duke wins. Armando Baycott, more than likely if North Carolina wins. Colin Gillespie, if Nova wins, though, Justin Moore towards Achilles, I think Nova's probably the heaviest underdog. But then if Kansas wins, you probably have a number of options. Agbaji, David McCormick, maybe Remy Martin. But if you're if you're betting on Duke, it's it's gotta be Paolo, right? He's well, been the best player. I mean, in terms of value. So if you look at Bavada last week when we recorded, he was 33 to 1 because everyone thought they would lose to Gonzaga, they, I think Texas Tech or whatever they were playing. Right now he's two to one to win. Two to one. Is he really two to one? Plus two forty, and Abayi is plus five hundred. He's the next highest. That's the next highest. That's interesting. I would like Remy Martin probably, but um, I do want to say I want to say one thing really quickly before we. You're talking about Coach K being my favorite and all that stuff. Uh, I just wanted to say how you know I, I worked in college basketball as I've mentioned several times, and I think there are a lot of people who are like frauds and whatnot and you know they you know we get to hear all these doting pieces on everyone but i was really pretty freaking impressed with hubert davis because it's not an easy job and i know he was like hand-picked and everyone was like this isn't the right guy for the job but like man he could be a total scumbag and i just don't know it but that guy looked like he really cared about his kids and he was just so happy for them and he couldn't have cared less about his what he did you know what i mean and i just think like that's cool. Uh, you know, now that I'm a dad, like not to get sentimental, but <laughs> I just thought, I thought that was a super cool moment. Uh, I just, well, it's I mean, validation. Like, you know, that's what I think the NBA kind of lacks. I I've actually pushed for it. Um, four conferences, sort of a final four, as opposed to the two conferences. And the reason is it gives 
like that extra stamp. Like no one cares about the winning the division. Everyone makes the playoffs. No one cares. But like the final four, making the final four is like, boom, stamp that on your resume. It's a huge deal. It's the only thing outside of like maybe winning the pennant in baseball. Like nobody else really cares about like winning a league. But if you get to the final four, like your season's a success, right? Even if North Carolina loses by 50. I think the NBA needs that in the, Mm -hmm. because no one cares about the conference finalists necessarily. I mean, in the moment you do, but then you forget about it. And so, you know, for teams that aren't going to win the title, you know, Minnesota, Cleveland, Atlanta last year, like it would have been cool to be in the final four and hang that final four banner. Yeah, I think that's a. I mean, your idea of just turning everything into just a gigantic tournament. Right. Is, it's, I, w- I would do four conferences to, and and that's what I would do. Four to be honest, like that's probably your best idea of all time. You've had some really well, wonky ideas. You, you sometimes go like full Jeff Van Gundy where your ideas like make no sense or they're like, but if you could figure out a way to just like, I figured just it out. Tournamentize like, everything, not not even just basketball, just like everything. Well, you know what I mean? It's the opposite of what people think, where it's like merge the conferences, go one through sixteen. But I'm like, I like the rivalry. I think that's cool. You see it in UNC and Duke, right? Wouldn't it be fun if they, you know, every time they play, it's loaded. It wouldn't be the same if Memphis was playing Brooklyn. You know, it's just like random teams playing each other. That's true. All right. So speaking of random teams, let's talk about the Celtics. Um, did you know, Zandrick, that they have lost uh, four times since? January 29th. And you know what? Actually, one more plug for the Final Four mm-hmm. idea. The reason that it's not a great idea, maybe, is that you could have two of the best teams in the same Final Four bracket. Like, let's say the Lakers and Suns are the two clear best teams, and they had to play before the conference it, final. Because they're in the, the same. Yeah. yeah, because they're in the same division. So there's a chance of that. I think it would be really good this year, though, in the sense that, because we're about to talk about Boston, I don't think there's a clear favorite to win the title. Maybe Phoenix, but like not an overwhelming I... favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't. It, it's at, at some point. So, like, Brooklyn is still the eighth seed, but like, it's probably very plus, <laughs> on Bovada. Suns three to one plus two eighty. Brooklyn plus five fifty. Milwaukee plus five fifty. It's a little weird so, that they're so. Same, but. Br- Brooklyn is almost is Brooklyn is like very clearly the most dangerous team right now because. You know, there are nights when you get Kyrie now. He can play all every game. That's a big story. We thought we might not see it. Ben Simmons, I don't know if he's ever going to play basketball again. Who, who knows? He's just done. Like, it's not a story anymore. But, like, when you get him and KD, like, going for 80, they can obviously beat anybody, you know? And and so I think – but they're still the eighth seed. Like, Cleveland just keeps winning and Toronto keeps winning. Like, there's That'd be six- interesting if Miami, let's say, is the, hangs on to number one. Their title odds are plus 1,200, 12 to 1. Well, and Brooklyn's five to one. So would Brooklyn be favored in that first round series? Yes, I think almost certainly. I, I mean, I, here, here's what I'll say. If you are Milwaukee or Boston or Philly or like Miami, you're not going to tank per se, but like you don't want to play Brooklyn in the first round. See, I'm a little less. I agree with that, but um, and Brooklyn I'm kind of, I'm kind of Brooklyn. off Brooklyn, you know, where it's like the fact that they're not getting anything from Ben Simmons. Brooklyn is really good, though. We'll assume that they'd beat Cleveland in the play-in game, too. So it probably they'll be the seventh seed. We really could get Brooklyn and Milwaukee in the first round. That would be wild. Yeah. And um, the vaccine thing is over for Kyrie. I just think they're just, they still don't look right. I mean, they're like a lesser version of the Lakers that we'll talk about later, but it's just the 22nd in defense. It's just like, I don't think you can flip the switch for this team. I just don't think they're very good. 
Yeah, I mean, I offensively, a, they're good. But you, you're not you getting know, Joe Harris back. You're not getting Ben Simmons, it seems like. As, Those as are you know, big losses. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that's like, hey, let's not like pay attention to small sample sizes. But man, like when Brooklyn looks like they care, like when they look locked in, when it's like not a sideshow, they just beat the crap out of teams. And so like, I I honest, I swear, Zan, like this is, this is going to sound like so wishy-washy, but like, I don't want them to play Milwaukee in the first round. Like, I, I just don't, it's like, you remember how many, how often we got like Phoenix and San Antonio when they were the two best yeah. teams mm-hmm. when they always played like before the conference finals. And it was like, man, this is going to be the best series. And like, I just don't want to see that. But I, I mean, like we might get Philly in Brooklyn, which obviously well, and that's the other thing deal. not to fall back on the final four thing. Cause it's like, you don't want to see the two best teams play before the finals. Right. And this the is obviously is, all of Brooklyn's own doing by the way, but right. the problem with the modern NBA and, and resting is the standings rarely reflect the best. Who's team. the best we team? Just, yeah. yeah. We just said Miami number one might be an underdog against number eight, Brooklyn. Um, I think there's a pretty credible argument that Miami's the fifth best team in the East, but there, there's also, I think, a pretty credible argument that they're the best team in the East. And so what like, about Boston? Because we promised to talk about Boston. Vegas, Bovada has them third best odds in the West. I mean, in the East to win plus 800 title odds. We thought we were about to crown them as the best team in the East until Robert Williams got hurt. They say he's out four to six weeks is the last I heard. Is that yeah, it's going to be tough without Robert Williams, like uh, just in terms of how good they've been defensively. So they're number one in net rating right now. They've been the best team in the NBA since the All-Star break. Uh, a couple of people whose opinions like I really respect as basketball minds have, have told me previously in the last couple of weeks that they would pick Boston to win the title, that like they're just better defensively. Jason Tatum, who I – contend is playing about the same as he's played in the last yeah. year. He started but, cold and then, but they're, but yeah, they're just better as a team right now. So like he's getting more love, but he obviously Jason Tatum is one of, you know, 10 guys who's capable of winning a game on his own. Um, my concern with Boston was always going to be like, did they have enough shooting? Like, because other, you know, you, they can play slow, but like they can also lose games like that too. And so if their defense, like, was going to, you know, not fail them per se, but like you can't just win defensively every game. It's not the NBA. It's not 2004 anymore. And so I was always concerned, like, would they have enough shooting, but they were going to be a tough out for anybody for sure. And then with Robert Williams out, I think it's, it's just a killer, honestly. Like he's just been so good. Like the linchpin of that defense, you know, protecting the rim. And I think Marcus Smart will probably win defensive player of the year. If you're looking for, you know, some plus money on Bovada, I know he's like somewhere around like plus 150 plus 200, but I think Robert Williams' loss is just such a killer for them because they don't really have like right. Ready He's arguably their them. actual most impactful defender according to the numbers. Plus three box plus minus Marcus Smart plus one point eight. It's, it's just it's just harder, I think, for a wing to be right. as impactful as a big. That's I mean, you know I, I don't know if you saw like Marcus Smart like an Isaiah Thomas going back and forth on Twitter about Isaiah Thomas older Isaiah Thomas going back and forth on Twitter how guards aren't allowed to win defensive player of the year but it is it's, it's kind of like the quarterback thing for mvp right. like, like you're just more valuable you're it's, just more valuable as a as a, as a well back. the interesting thing is like i really like them trading for Derek white he hasn't shot well for them 26 percent from three but he's, he's been, not a great shooter he's not he's but he's been pretty damn good yeah i mean but he depth wise he really like gave him like seven strong and then so you lose robert williams it stretches your depth it's weird because they're probably the one team i think with brooklyn where it's like they could lose in the first round or they could win the east yeah, I wonder. So they lost to Toronto. I think they were like I think they were like twenty four and three in the last two months. They lost to Toronto on Tuesday. They're going to be somewhere in the top four, though, just in terms of like there's not that many games left. They're three games over the fifth spot, so they're going to be playing a bottom four team. And if it's not Brooklyn, you like their 
odds even with Robert Williams, I would say. Is that fair? I don't like their odds against Toronto. That would be the only team. Obviously, I would like them against Cleveland. I'd like them against Charlotte. Let's say they get or in. Chicago. They, or Chicago. I think I, I'd like them. I, Toronto is... Toronto's good, and I do think Boston's doing the right thing now that they are resting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum a little bit more, which I think is important because obviously they need those two guys to be so good on offense. But I also just I just think Toronto's good. I think that was one that I was wrong about, and you were right. Like this is just a good team. They really defend as well, and they fit well together. Their starters are you know they're mostly starting like small now, I guess, and. You know, that's fine. If you have five players that fit well together, they're all averaging top <laughs> over 15 points a game. It's not even like they're starting small, right? It's just like they're just starting like other than Fred Van Vliet, they just start like four other guys who are like between like what, 6'6 six, six and 6'11 six, and don't yeah, really yeah. play any p- specific position. I guess they and, start Gary. They start Gary Trent, right? Yeah, but he's sort of like a big, he, you know, he's used to playing some bigger ball from Portland. I, I, I actually think that I should be more interested in Toronto as a team that like really could do some damage because I just, I do like the idea that like they have like two guards, right? And then they play like Fad Young and Chris Boucher and like Preston Sachua off the bench. And, like that's it. They, those are their guys. They're just basically everyone they throw at you is like 6'6, super long, super athletic. And so that you can take this two ways where it's like, Hey, their their lack of depth will matter less in the playoffs because they have, you know, five or six guys they trust. They'll play them heavy minutes. The other knock side of the coin is they're already playing them heavy minutes. You know, yeah. 37, yeah. 37, 36, 35. Every one of their, you know, main five guys is playing at least 34 and a half minutes a game. So there's not like room for them to level up in that way. No, and I and I will say this about Boston. I do think that they are well put together enough. They traded for Daniel Tice. Like I it's not that I don't think that they, I just think their title ceiling is, is smaller now than it was. Like, I think with Robert Williams, like you could have talked yourself into it and maybe he gets back. Well, what if he gets like, back in the second round? Do you think they still have that? I mean, back in the second round, I mean, the NBA playoffs are really long, but like him playing his way into shape. Like, I, I don't know, honestly, I would assume that maybe they do. And, and again, like I, I do think they, they are able to integrate a guy who's pretty familiar with the system. Like Emo Yudoka is not, I mean, he's not running exactly what Brad Stevens is running defensively, but I, I think similarly the system is about what it was. And I just think that, you know, it, it just hurts them from a depth perspective too. Cause Robert Williams was playing really well on offense too, by the way, like he was yeah, and, and adding an element that they didn't have really like more athleticism down there. And, so, and you, we won't, we won't obviously see this result because we're recording on a Wednesday. But they do play Miami on Wednesday night, and it, you know, it, I'm not going to make a prediction on the game, but it's a super important game in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, the the top four we're talking at the recording time: Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly. Separated by a game within, and a half. Yeah, and then you have Brooklyn like down but lingering. Let me ask you this: On Bovada, they're ranking them. Milwaukee, Brooklyn tied. This is just to win the East. Um, Milwaukee, Brooklyn tied at the top, Boston, not far behind Miami and Philly a notch below do. How would you tier those top five contenders? I think that seems about right. I, I feel like I, I just think that like, cause the hype on Philly, we were talking about them as a title contender. Just hasn't still think really soared yet. Yeah. I still think they exist is that if they can figure it out, but Harden just hasn't been great as a scorer. Uh, I think Embiid. So they, they lost to Milwaukee on Tuesday night. Giannis just like awesome block to end the game. Guy was outstanding. I think he had 40 and 15. Not not a shock, just a regular Tuesday night for Giannis. Unfortunately, for some reason, the NBA decided that they should stick with the Lakers and Mavs on TNT 
instead of Milwaukee and Philly as the national TV game, but you know, TV contracts, who cares? I think Embiid is a little bit tired. Zan, he's had a couple yeah. games where he's started pretty slow, and I think they're going to have to start. Like, I think I think DeAndre Jordan experiment kind of backfired a little bit. Yeah, they are. I'm hesitant to say that like they're worse because I, I don't necessarily think they're worse than they were before. Because obviously Harden instead of you know nothing is great, but like Andre Drummond is like significantly better than yes. DeAndre Jordan, and then Seth Curry is not better than James Harden, but he's quite good in the role that he plays. And so I think after that kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Philly's been bad, obviously, but I don't think that Philly has. They, they haven't taken off like we thought they were like, going to, or I like thought they were going Boston to. seemed to be like very elite at, before Robert Williams got hurt. And maybe they'll mm-hmm. prove us wrong, but like Philly doesn't seem to be in that tier to me. Like Milwaukee well, seems to, to your point, better. like this is not an insignificant switch. Andre Drummond, DeAndre Jordan only playing about 15 minutes a night. But and if you believe in box plus minus, Andre Drummond for the team was plus one and a half, 1.2. For Philly, DeAndre, for Philly, you're saying. For Philly, exclusively yeah. for Philly. DeAndre Jordan for Philly, minus four and a half. So it's about a five point, you know, per 100 possession swing there. Um, that's not, uh, that's pretty meaningful over 15 minutes a game. That, you know, it could be like a point a game or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and I think too, like, I just think it's possible that like, you know, we, we've kind of been grappling with this or me, but like we might, just this might be who James Harden is. And if Philly traded for a guy who's not truly elite and is more in that top 25 type of guy category might not be good enough with the way their roster is currently constructed unless Tyrese Maxey keeps taking like a huge jump. And that's why, you know, with Boston, the way they fit together seems much better to me, right? Like you have Jason Tatum, who's clearly your one, a scorer. Then you have these defensive guards. You have Jalen Brown, who's a great number two, but also can guard. You had Robert Williams, who like you could build your defense around and funnel towards him. But then on offense, he's also really good at pick and roll. And I, I think like Philly doesn't really have that level of connectivity. And, and you know, just for the record, like Brooklyn doesn't either. You know, it, it, they just aren't like that. It's it's much more ISO based and like, hey, we're going to try to outscore you. So if you were going to say Brooklyn has the most like turn on the gas potential compared to the regular season versus what they could be. You're saying, Toronto probably doesn't, based on what we're saying, the minutes. Um, yeah, I just think Toronto has the potential to like provide a really fun first round series where like they just they just lose to Milwaukee, but it's also like pretty fun watching them go at it because they play I, so hard. I would say Milwaukee is one of those teams that have a lot of room to grow. Yeah, they just got do better they, in the playoffs because they had, they're coasting still. They just got Brooke Lopez back. Giannis is like, like we can just. Uh, like if you want to say like I was saying Jokic was the best player in the world and like you were like no it's KD but like if you want to say Giannis is the best player in the world like yeah. I'm cool with that like he he probably is I don't know like it's well do you want to do MVP or should we say that for after the season because right now I would put him second personally I think Although, it's Jokic I think it's Jokic Giannis Embiid right now but odds wise that's not true that the last I saw Embiid was the favorite until there's an ESPN straw poll out that said Jokic was the favorite Giannis I don't think is going to win I don't think he'll even finish I don't think or two, but so you think Giannis will finish third? I don't see. I, I, think I he might. Third. He might. I think it'll go Jokic and beat Giannis, and then I mean, no Jokic one else is, gets a first place vote. Maybe like Jokic gets one or something. Like, yeah. Do you think Devin Booker should be getting first place votes? No, I think the three guys we're talking about have been so good that it's not even a question. But yeah, it's a shame that like again, it's it, this might be the best year of Embiid's career, right? And and in just about any other season. He wins MVP, right? Yes. All three and, of those guys are definitely worthy. And he just won't win one, probably. Because, it, it, like I said, I, I don't know. 
just and in certain season. years where you know Luka Doncic's year could win MVP, Devin Booker's year Devin could, Booker win could win MVP. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan yeah. could win MVP if it was 1997. Like it'd be great. <laughs> but like, I, I think the one thing about like Embiid, and this this is why I'd be nervous if I were Sixers fans. Just injuries aside, right? Like I know Embiid is like technically in his prime, right? But Jokic and Giannis have just continued to get better, right? They've just gotten a lot better, and Embiid has done that too. But how much better can Embiid be, Zan? Like, what's the next level for Embiid? Like, I think he, it's just like staying healthy. I that's mean, what if, I, he, if, if he can sustain this, that's more than enough, I think. Right, but we are talking about someone who's, you know, I would say on a good day, he's 300 pounds. I know he's not listed quite like that, but he, I mean, when you but watch him play, he's, he's huge when you watch him play. Like, it's, it's not a problem, right? Shaq was huge, but like... You, know, you talk about guys getting better and better. It's amazing. Jokic has looked up his stats. True shooting percentage. He first made the all-star team. It was 59%, well above average, obviously. The average is like 55. Then it went up to 61. Last year, MVP season, 64%. This year, 66% true shooting. With a worse team, too. Like, it's you know, amazing. It's, and he's, it's, he's better across the board statistically in, you know, box plus minus, warp, all this stuff. His, his advanced numbers are like a nerd's wet dream. Like, they're yeah. just like out of control. It's, it's like, there's like an argument on like a rate basis, he's like having the best season in NBA history. Like, I'm not joking. Like, I, I'm, I, that's I why I think it would be a shame if he does not win based on like voter fatigue or the fact that Denver is not a high seed. Meanwhile, they they have one less loss than Philadelphia. I yeah, mean, they're like, 45 they're right and, in there. They're 45 and 31 as it's a recording, right? And Milwaukee's 47 and 28. And I think Philly's what 46 and 30, 46 and 29. So, I mean, plus like Jokic beat Embiid head to head recently. Giannis beat Embiid head to head recently, and I don't know. That probably shouldn't matter, but it's uh, it's. I would <laughs> like vote for Jokic for MVP. I would vote for Embiid second team All NBA. That's a controversial take. Also, the dumbest thing in the entire world that like Embiid just can't be first team All NBA. Well, like, I, they switched it. They said that the NBA said that they are allowed to vote Jokic now for power forward. So good. Yeah. That's the way it should go. Like they're the three best players in the NBA. Why does one of them have to be second team All NBA? I mean, again, it's it, this is because in twenty years when we're still doing this podcast. And we want to debate if Embiid should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't want to say if I think he doesn't have a first team All NBA. I think he should be second team, personally. I believe in positions. No, why? But but why though? Like, he's because I think life is about tough choices, (laughs) and that's the whole exercise. Like, everyone's like wants the easy way out, where it's like every single thing is choice. Every single thing is like a prisoner's dilemma. Like, no matter what the decision is. Like, well, couldn't you say that about anything? Where it's like. Hey, you know, in the Oscars, I really thought um, Jessica Chastain and Nicole Kidman were the two best performers and they had to go against each other. That's not fair. Let's give them both the trophy. It's like, come on, none none of this. And I've seen that sometimes where it's like. That's why the MVP exists, though. You do have to pick one in that regard. Well, hey, if you count positions or, you know, I see this in such a sucker's way out, I think, where it's like even rookie of the year, people are like, if there was ever a reason the year to tie, it should be Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley. It's like, yeah, people are, Scotty Barnes has a lot of, has a lot of helium right now, huh? That's not, my my buddy sent me that this morning. Like, I'm going to put a Scotty, I'm going to put a parlay in about awards winners and I'm going to have Scotty Barnes winning. And I was like, all right, man, throw your your money away. Make a pick. That's the point. And, and people act like there's never going to, like they're trying to find a way to avoid controversy. There's going to be controversy. We said it before. BCS top two. It's going to be controversy about who's two, who's three. NBA seventy-five greatest players. There's controversy about seventy-five or seventy-six. 
anything well, they added, you do that's why they added that's why they added dame lillard right it was like technically 76 i think there was a tie there too yeah absurd but like I, I just, make a pick make a tough decision yeah i don't know i i mean it's not, i'm not trying to advocate for like what the pac-12 does in basketball where they have like 10 dudes on their first team but i just i do think that this year like Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid have been so much better also like Luca has been like amazing. No, last, I mean, like, I, I agree with the idea that like if you maybe it should just be the five best players, that's fine. But if we're claim, don't claim that Jokic is a forward or something. Come on. So speaking of also guys that have been really good, you know, LeBron James has been very, very good. And uh the Lakers are currently in the 11th spot. They're yeah, tied. They're tied with San Antonio. LeBron, I believe, missed uh he played against no they lost to dallas on tuesday night and he did not play in that game he did play against new orleans huge game they blew a 25 point lead he was awesome specifically uh but i i don't want to necessarily talk about like the lakers missing the playoffs like I, they might miss it they might not their schedules but, very very gosh, talk about a fall from grace but you like really the worst fall from preseason odds to win the title plus 425, second highest. They still have them on the board. If you want to bet Lakers to win the title, it's 200 to one. I mean, this would actually, I, I think we could probably look this up, but like, it's amazing. Like this is not, not even like, you know, saying like, oh, is this the most embarrassing thing of all time? Like whatever, they've had some bad luck, of course. But like in terms of experiments not working out, or just like huge fall from grace and not like you'll, you'll blame Anthony Davis missing half the season, but Still, that doesn't explain being 10 games under 500. There's 13 games under 500. And I I looked up Lakers. Remember the sort of failed experiment with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard? Yes. That team, the first They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs, lost in the first round. Um, But then the next year, they they only won 27 games, but Kobe missed most of the season. So Yeah, but that season also, too, that that season was kind of similar, right? Like... Nash, Nash played older, games. yeah, and then Kobe Dwight played six games. No, no, but I'm saying the season before, like Dwight Howard was coming off back surgery, and he just like wasn't himself. That, like he's definitely the most. Um, they're over under that year. They added Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. I think they're over under coming into the year was 58 wins. Okay, this year was 52. Lives. This year was 52 and a half. Yeah, so. so it's similar though in terms of like just a belly flop. I. I think in terms of like experiments or like plans, like this is, I don't know. I don't know that I can recall one that worked this poorly. Like, so yeah, the Nets, right. The Harden, Irving, Durant, but like we didn't ever really get to see that. Cause like Kyrie Irving just decided he wasn't going to play basketball because of the COVID vaccine and like Harden got hurt and like Durant was hurt. But like this one, like Russell Westbrook has been healthy, you know, he's, yeah. he's played almost every game and the Lakers are just awful. Like, LeBron for years, right, had these rosters that were like very bad around the peripheries. But like in a game that they absolutely had to win, right? They 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 had to not blow the game against the Pelicans. The Lakers were starting Dwight Howard, Austin Reeves, and Wenyan Gabriel next to LeBron and Russell Westbrook. So like say whatever you want about Russ and how that's a problem. Are those three players that started with them slam dunk NBA players right now? Well, it's it's an amazing mispercentage. I mean, like, it's worse than Russell Westbrook's shooting percentage. <laughs> like, to your point, like, they were never – it's not – you can't blame injuries. Their highest no, – they, they, they were at this season was three games over 500. So they were never got going. 
But if you look at their roster, whatever, 20 guys that have played for them and the new additions, I think Malik Monk is the only one that's worked. I mean, yeah, maybe and, Carmelo and I, in a limited role. Hold on, I do okay. want to say this. Like, I'm not trying to like talk shit about like Austin Reeves or Wenya Gabriel. Like, those are it's not this is that's not their fine. own they doing. Like starting for a as like a third team. point guard, or maybe even a backup point guard, Austin Reeves is pretty good, I think. And they deserve credit for for finding another guy like that that they could Yeah, they're they're not the problem. The problem is look at I mean, I don't even know if the problem is Russell Westbrook. You look at I would st- Start with Kendrick Nunn was supposed to give him something. Hadn't played all year. Won't he played zero game. games, right? Like, and that just yeah. never became a story. Here, like, you want to you want to go in order? I'm you want to tell you this roster: like Wayne Ellington and Trevor Ariza were supposed to be veteran starters. Maybe both of them were just weren't up for it. You yeah. know, Darren Collison was signed. DJ Augustine was signed to be like a you know shooting point guard. Didn't work. Same with Avery Bradley. He hasn't played well. Talon Horton Tucker. They gave ten million dollars and kept to be part of the rotation not really playable with he's been he's been yeah he's been one of the worst players in the nba so like nothing has worked i mean it's malik monk is probably the the bright spot of the season there's a pretty credible argument that carmelo anthony is their third best player and that's like that's pretty to him quite a bit i mean if you look at the names that have appeared in games for lakers this year like it is amazing like Isaiah Thomas, like DJ Augustine, Rondo, Ariza, DeAndre Jordan, Baysmore, Wayne Ellington, Stanley Johnson. The fourth most points for them total. Total. That makes sense. Um, I mean, and again, like we are going to play an 82 game season, and Anthony Davis is going to more than likely. We were hearing that he could come back Friday, come could come back Saturday, whatever. But like, even if he does come back, the most games he can possibly play is 43. So, so how far away do you think this team was? Like, in, like the post mortem, like autopsy, because look, like. Do you think they're going to miss the play-in tournament? I, I wonder if it like LeBron wants to shut it down and avoid the embarrassment. He might. I think do he that. wants to get the scoring title. He's right. He's tied right now, and he has to qualify. Who, who's first. he? Ti- who's he tied with? He is, he's averaging thirty point one points a game. But isn't isn't? I thought Giannis and Embiid were they just were below thirty. I thought Giannis and Embiid were just below thirty. Let's take a look. Um, at the recording, this is recording um, Wednesday afternoon. LeBron, you're right. Is a little bit ahead. Of Giannis, but not much, and a little bit ahead of Embiid. They could pass him. Will he qualify if he doesn't play? He needs to play three more games. games. He has to play fifty-eight games. Okay, yeah. So he'll probably. Don't you think he'll play three and then shut it down? There was only six, so maybe he can have best of both worlds and just try to win. I kind of want to look at their. I want to look at their schedule because I. I feel like so they play at Utah on Thursday, then they have New Orleans again, huge game. Denver at Phoenix at Golden State, OKC at Denver. So the, the my, conspiracy theory would be he'd play every other game to stay fresh and go for forty every night. He should do that, honestly. Like he should make sure he plays against New Orleans. He should make sure he plays against Oklahoma City, and then he should pick two others and play in them. I think. Yeah, like I mean, I think Lakers. Like maybe you don't play. Maybe you don't play. They don't have another back to back, but like maybe you don't play at Phoenix or something because you're do probably you think Lakers lose fans that. like even want the play in at this point if Anthony Davis isn't coming back. Well, he is coming back theoretically, right? Like where right. he's supposed like, to come talk back. about a guy who might not be, you know, ready to go. He's been, co- you know, he's been out for half the year again. I mean, also just, just for the record, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if they would. Lakers fans are, are weird, right? Like they probably don't like LeBron. I, I don't know. He's been fantastic. But again, this is a lot of his own doing, but like the Lakers in the midst of this have lost to 
Like they lost at Washington. They lost at New Orleans. They lost at Houston. You know, like they lost and the Clippers. A lot they, of ugly losses. Too. Like they're just losing. Like they've, they've lost to New Orleans. They lost to New Orleans by 30 a couple of weeks ago. When you wanted to bet on New Orleans, you were like, this is the easiest bet of all time. And New Orleans won by what? 30, 20, yeah. like 28. It's just I, like a lack of, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's like I, a I don't think, animal who's like limping to the finish line. Listen, I think it's fair to say. And again, I, I think Austin Reeves is an NBA player. I think the Lakers have five NBA players on their roster right now. And that's not even to say that like Trevor Reese well, and Wayne there's a difference. Like, are, like you're saying like NBA, like rotational guy. Correct. Correct. Like, it, yeah. Like I, I think outside of Westbrook, LeBron and Anthony Davis, like I think, Malik I, Monk, I think you could argue there's four. I mean like LeBron, AD Westbrook and Monk. So who's the fifth guy? I think Austin Reeves is an NBA player. And I still think, I don't actually, think so. I still think, I still think Carmelo and Dwight Howard are legitimate rotation players and in the right role. Yeah. I don't think they should be getting 30 minutes a game, but I, Dwight Howard at 12 minutes a game is, is a fine player. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's hard to judge because you're on a bad team, but if you take into account box plus minus again, to go back that, you know, Carmelo's negative. Um, Dwight Howard is ne- slightly negative. The good news is I can and, just call this episode box plus minus. I know. Said it Austin like Reeves, times. negative 2.5. So they're all like, you know. And, yeah, and but the how about the, how about the like, positive news? Siku Bimboya, box plus minus 18.8. Yeah, that's I should have led with that. There's only two positive players besides LeBron, Siku, and Anthony Davis. I probably should have um, given him more more than 16 minutes all year. You know, maybe yeah. shouldn't have cut him. It's it's a it's like a lesson in poor roster. So here, so here's the next question: What, what blood led? What bloodletting is going to happen? That, that what do they do? All right, so yeah. Frank Vogel is getting fired, right? That's there's no <laughs> shot that Frank Vogel keeps his job. Yeah. Who gets the job? No clue, right? Like they honestly like they were gassing up Jason Kidd as an assistant and we we're all kind of rolling our eyes. He's been really good in Dallas. Why, if, yeah. if they offered him the job, why would he leave? You know what I'm saying? Like there was some talk that they should have hired Jason Kidd instead of Vogel and well, Vogel, won it. Vogel. Vogel won a title. Like, no, I'm just saying like it, all the talk about kid players, loving kid and kid oh, you're saying, you're saying that you think Frank Vogel, that Jason Kidd was the reason why I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we were kind of scoffing the Jason Kidd being a good coach and, or a good assistant coach. And well, I wasn't scoffing at that. I was the one that said I thought his time with LeBron was really going to help him in Dallas. You're the one who said he should be locked up with Will Smith and all these guys. I was trying to see if you could make it all the way through the show without bringing it up because it's been brought up like in literally every aspect I know. of life. No one cares at this point. Um, who would they hire? Who would matter? And the thing is, I, I'm actually posting about top coaching candidates. The they're problem hiring, is they're hiring a retread first of all. Right. But the problem is like, say you hire Kenny Atkinson, like is, are they going to run offense? I don't think so. I don't I, think they're going to do anything. Yeah. Like I said, I think, you know, Frank Vogel getting fired is like the bet of the year on Bobata. Like you should just bet every cent to your name, no matter what the odds are, because it's just, it's going to happen. But like, it's very surprising. It hasn't happened yet. It's just, they don't have a, they just can't hire Fizdale, I guess. And so like my, my question to you is, Kurt Rambis, who's it going to be? I, I guess, like, given what we've seen from LeBron and the fact that they have Anthony Davis, it, it is an appealing job, sort yes. of. No, I think it is, yeah. But, like... If you could get rid of Westbrook. Like, are you going to, like... Well, that was going to be my question, right? So, I don't think Rob Polinka will be fired, even though, like, we've, we've kind of enjoyed, like, Rob Polinka deflecting blame for, like, you know, or, yeah. or whatever you're saying, like, uh, going, to, um, going to Disney World over the trade deadline or whatever. <laughs> but, like there are big moves that need to be made and will be expected to be made. And so like, if you're the head coach, like 
do you get hired before that? And like, do you have input or do you get hired and they just do whatever? Cause like, well, I think they have two choices. You, you can't possibly sign up to coach this team again. There's no way. How many guys on this team are even going to be on the roster next year? I think the Lakers have four choices. That might be more than the, one is hire a true GM. Who's like a player evaluation guy, finding the diamonds in the cracks. The Xander. That's, not, that's not an, that's not an expression. Diamonds in the diamonds rough. rough. What you mean. Um, but like my 99 cent store guys where it's like, I could find a playable guy on a minimum contract. Cause I am a great talent evaluator. And I'm just saying me, I'm saying the hypothetical. No, no, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. You could do it. You could do it, but that's not, that wasn't your plan. <laughs> I could do it. Yeah. I think I could, I would, you know, ass- I would assign Fred Van lead. I would assign. You yeah. Know, your, your team Seth would be, Curry. Your team I would have done be okay. really good. And you'd be hard capped after signing um, like four dudes. You'd be in a similar situation to this. But so you could do that. Number two would be, um, let's do what they were considering doing, like basically hand the team to Rich Paul and trade for John Wall. It's just sort of like swapping deck chairs in the Titanic, I think, at that point. Yeah, they um, could they could honestly be a little bit better, but like just with Anthony Davis's health, the team will likely be better next year no matter what. So it's unlikely that it would be because of Wall for Westbrook. And I think the other thing they could do also can, is, real, real quick. Can we talk about how wall is like now less of a toxic asset than Russell Westbrook? Like the narrative on Westbrook is so, so weird, bad that like now you have to take a pick to pick yeah, up. John. I mean, that was I, just I, absurd. I, listen, I love John wall, but like the guy hasn't played basketball in over a year. And so like, he's somehow less of a toxic asset than Russell Westbrook. Who's averaging like 18 and eight. Like, come on now. It's insane. Yeah. Um, All right, go ahead. Choice number three. I think I said four and I forgot one because you were vamping. But number three would be <laughs> trade Russell Westbrook, who has $45 million on his contract. Um, I, I can think of four. Okay. Number three would be trade him for mediocre rotational players, like for a team that wants to clear cap space. So like theoretically, let's say the Knicks – think they're getting Zion or think the Knicks want to save room for Donovan Mitchell or whatever they want to do. Um, they could trade, you know, Julius Randall and Evan Fournier long-term contracts and get off the, that money to clear up cap space. The question for the Lakers is your team with Evan Fournier or Gordon Hayward going to be that much different. I don't know. I mean, but if they, I don't think that those guys will take maybe New York would, I don't know. Oklahoma city is one that people have mentioned a bunch, like take them ship a pick just so you have cap space like and you but can not even cap space i'm talking about like bad contracts that are more manageable like fournier has been okay actually lately so i don't know if he qualifies but you know some overpaid like let's say julius randall doesn't quite fit the lakers but somebody like that where they're or tobias harris types who are like considered overpaid but at least they're playable i mean can they do that the other thing they could potentially do this would be the sneakiest move Rob Palenka has ever pulled. The dirtiest trick the devil ever played. Trade LeBron. No, I, oh. people have mentioned that. I don't think they can do that. But Russell Westbrook ha- is due $47 million player option. He's obviously going to pick that up because there's no way he's getting $40 million. Could you somehow convince a team, let's say the Knicks, to give him a long-term contract for like $30 million a year? This is and this is the worst. Him this is this to, idea to opt no. out. First of all, it's a le- First of all, this is illegal. This is tampering. Second of all, this is never. This would never happen. I I, I actually. Well, I, is honestly, there any team that would give Russell Westbrook over twenty five million dollars a year? No. Are you crazy? 
Well, that's $25 million dollars yeah. a year. I don't know that he could get, a, I don't know that he would get a full mid-level on the open market. Well, no, no, well, then, I, that's then crazy. He would, he would, he would. Yeah. 25 million though. Like, well, I don't think that he could recoup $45 million over the course of a contract. If he was on the, that's really bold. Cause I thought earlier in the season, he could get 20 million, 25 million. three for 60. You think, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. I mean, this is, then it doesn't make sense. He, if he can't get over 25, then, then he can't. Here's, here's the issue. And again, this, this seems to happen a lot with people that play with LeBron. And again, I, LeBron deserves his on court performance deserves no, uh, credit for their, their performance. He, he has been fantastic when he's played, uh, arguably he's played, I mean, he's played better than I thought he would for sure. But like LeBron's team's performance never is his fault. Right. And so like Russell Westbrook is now the latest guy that gets to like wear the, the, the cone of shame that you played with LeBron and it didn't work the best of your ability. Right. Like we saw this happen to Kevin Love. Like we've seen this happen to a bunch of guys. And so I'm, I'm curious if there's more to unlock with Russ. And like, again, I don't know where it would be, but like he has to play. Like he has to play with a big who dives. Like he has to play with a screen and dive big all the time. He can't play with somebody who doesn't play like that. So like, I don't know. Could he go to Utah? He wouldn't go there. They like hate him there, but like, could he play with Rudy? Like, could he, you know, could he play in Boston? Maybe, but like those teams aren't going to spend for him because they're already somewhat close. Right. And so he's, he's sort of a situation where, I just think that if like Russ is going to get a new contract, it's going to be on a bad team. Like it's going to be on just a bad team for the rest of his career. That's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I thought maybe he would want to capitalize on his relative youth and, and lock up one more long-term contract. But if it's, if it's the ship has sailed, then, then, then he's just, you know, an albatross contract. It's relative yeah. youth. Do you know how old Russell Westbrook No, I'm is? just saying, but like he's younger how old than you, he how, next year. He's like 31, well, 32. He's 33 years old. I am curious if you think here, here's my curiosity with Russell Westbrook. So his contract will uh, by the end of this contract, right? Like you said, he has 47 million in 22, 23, I believe. So he will have made just about $350 million in his career. Wow. Will Russell Westbrook be in the NBA after next year? Will he be playing? Will he be playing games at the end of next year? I think so. I think you're dancing on his grave a little bit. I no, think he I, could still be a back. I think like player. he could go to Oklahoma City and win them games. Seriously. But like I don't think that, you know, I, I think that days yeah, of he had him, a pretty good year last year. He was quite good in DC, for sure. But like yeah, and, I mean I think I think he's he's still athletic enough. I still think he has some value. Like if he was on the open market and I had cap space, I would still give him ten million dollars a year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a mid-level exception. Fine. Yeah. That's, that seems uh, exactly right. Like what Kemba got like one year, nine and a half million or something. But the problem is like guys like him, like when it's over, it just is over so quick, unless you're just willing to, you know, do the Carmelo thing. And it took Carmelo like years to figure and out. He what had that, that sort of be. in his bag where he's like, I'm a good shooter. I could just be a shooter. Right. So like, like what Russ, is the version of Russell Westbrook? It would have to be like, if he's not going to learn to shoot like an open three, um, I mean, it's not, it's not for lack of trying Zan. Like he, might, he could be like a Rajon Rondo and hang around as like a backup point guard type. Maybe right? he's never played with that like level of control. Like Derek Rose kind of reinvented himself and yeah. that would kind of be what Russ has to do. Like almost reinvent yourself as like a bench scorer. But Russ is not really that though. Like, it, I don't know. That would and be also, you made the point, like how much money he's made. Does he want to go 
after next year, take $5 million to be a that backup. Was, that was kind of going to be my thing is like, he's yeah. got a lot of other interests, right? And so like at 35 million, when you've banked 300 plus million, like, you know, I, Russ is a good person. I, I think it's it's a shame that like I have to say that, but everybody loves him off the court, right? Like everybody within his locker room and stuff. And he may just want to be like a family man, you know, like it's very possible, right? We don't yes. see that very often. Not everyone's like Chris Paul and they just like hate their family. So they're never going to retire. Well, and also to Carmelo's credit, like, hey, he's still hanging on. Dwight Howard's still hanging on. They made a lot of money. They're not making a lot of money now. Um, yeah, I mean, but the, the nature of these like supermax deals is just like if you don't want to play anymore, like you never you don't have to. Here's the you know? here's a million dollar question. The two hundred and forty seven million dollar question. LeBron has joined the Lakers a little prematurely. Like they did not have a super team at the time. You know, he's been there four years. They've won a title. They've missed the playoff. They might miss the playoffs two out of the four years. Do you think he regrets his decision to go to the Lakers? Definitely not. I don't think so. I think winning a title in LA, while people like me and you, haters per se, will uh, criticize the other years of the experience, I think winning a title for him in 20 years was like by far the most important part of it. And so, you know, he can say he has four rings and all that nonsense. You know what I mean? So I, I think, I, you know what, I wonder, it would be good to revisionist history to go back. Like, what were his other choices at the time? Philly, Philly, and, Philly and Houston were two choices. You know, another one, though, he would have gotten roasted by you. Golden State at the time, I think they had Kevin Durant, had the opportunity to do a sign and trade for Cleveland in terms of financial. I do not. Rec- I do not recall that. I'm not saying that you're not. It was like right Iguodala had a big contract. Um, I forgot who else they had under <laughs> contracts, but there was a way that if LeBron took like thirty million dollars, he could have gone to Golden State and become obviously a super stacked team with Durant. But the idea of like, hey, maybe it'd be fun to be the greatest team of all time and win seventy five games. And then he would certainly have caught Jordan and won, you know, a couple more titles. That's not a that's not a real thing. I just want to see something really quick with LeBron. So, like LeBron, how many games has he played? So he played. He's going to play just around fifty this year, or sixty this year, like some, somewhere short of sixty. But then forty five games last year, right? Sixty seven games the COVID year, which was they played just over seventy. So he played most of that season, and then he played fifty five games. The first year. So like, this is the least amount that LeBron's played in his career too, Zan. Like he, you know, he's not the guy that you're hanging like 38 minutes a night on for 80 games anymore. And like, that's part of the problem too. I think, I I think if we were able to talk to LeBron, which we're not, but if our booker could get him on this show, I think he would say that he's probably a bit more surprised at how his body's held up. And that's been part of the problem too. Like he's not, he's not capable I don't think anymore of carrying a team for 82 games. Like we saw him do that in Cleveland a bunch, you know? And I think now, like, it's not that he's not good enough. It's just that his, you know, he's 37 years old. Right. And he's, so he's probably a 66 to 75% of the season type of guy now. And by the time the playoffs roll around, maybe even that's too much, you know, I don't know. Um, like, I'm looking at the numbers. Like, like I do don't... you think we, we've talked about this real quick? Sorry, we've talked about this a bunch, and I've I've said like no asterisks in life. You know, your tough decision making, but like the COVID shutdown is such a huge part of the story that doesn't get talked about. Like, you and I don't know if LeBron could have just played a whole season and then a super long playoffs, given how I mean he he was unbelievable in the year they won the finals. But Anthony Davis was their best player but he was hurt for part of the year. And then they got a three month layoff before they had to right. go back. And, well, maybe, and maybe the argument was like, 
could Anthony Davis have done that without a layoff? I, I don't know. Exactly. That's the yeah. point. But it does seem like LeBron is not, and again, he's 37 years old. Like it's, this isn't like, and it's not even like Tom Brady, right? Like LeBron's pounding is much different, but like, I just think LeBron's not the guy anymore, you know? And that's not his fault. But that's why I wouldn't blow it up or, you know, the Le- trade LeBron stuff. What do you like, even do? Like I, let's I'm say telling next you next like, year is a wash. Like they're going to have you in the same boat with Russell Westbrook in two years. No, you go on, go on Bovada right now, bet your mortgage. Russell Westbrook is not on the Lakers next year. Like hundred percent. They're going to have a lot of roster problems in two years. Anthony Davis will be 30. Hopefully he'll be healthy. LeBron. I don't think there's any reason to think he won't be a good player at 39 or at least, you know, a good he might just be a good player. Option. He might just be a good player at 50 at, right. for 50. Like, so the Lakers, I think they're, you know, they might have to just like, eat their hat and like, you know, suck up next year is not going to be that great. And then try to win the next year. But the problem is, you know, they're not going to do that because we right. don't know what LeBron's window is. Right. I think he has two more years on the deal. Right. But like, we don't know what his window is. He made the comment to like Jason Lloyd about like potentially returning to Cleveland or playing one season with his son, who by the way is like not a lock to be in the NBA. So like maybe LeBron's going to be, you know, in the G league or playing in Israel with him or something, but well, if Kelgen Blevins is on an NBA roster, I'm sure they'll make room for LeBron. So. You always just, you're just like throwing strays at people who aren't, you know, Kel- Blevins is just minding his own business right now. <laughs> well, I'm writing are. my LVB column about the worst players in the NBA. Kelvin Kelgen Blevins is by far the worst player in the NBA and the worst college resume I've ever seen. Why, why are you giddy while you're saying this? No, no, no. I mean, no. Like, Come on, can I worst, give you a stat on Kelvin? Hold on, hold on. The worst college resume we've ever seen is that guy, the dude that played quarterback this year. For Detroit. For yeah. Detroit, who like at Western <laughs> Kentucky threw like 100 passes or something. Yeah, that, that was the worst. started a game, yeah. That was the most shocking thing I'd ever seen. When you Tim sent, Boyle or Tim something. Tim Boyle. Like, when you sent his resume, I was like, oh my God, this is all. That was shocking. Kelvin Blevins, who's Damien's cousin. Damien Lillard's cousin, yeah. As a fifth-year senior at Montana, at Montana State. State, he was the third-leading scorer for a losing Montana State team. They were 15 and 17. And like, here's the what, thing. In what world does that guy make the NBA? Maybe, maybe he's gotten a lot better. I, I will say, I've told you this As before. As after five years well, in college. Hold on a second. I've, I've told you this before. When I, was in, when I worked in the D-League, the first year that I was in the D-League, I – was super arrogant about college players and how like, you know, how good guys were good and how there were so many college players that sucked. There were dudes in the D league who like I had heard of on the peripheries that were unbelievably good players, like better than power conference players that I had like, you know, they went to like Indiana, Purdue, Fort Worth, or like, you know, Sacramento state. And these dudes were really, really good. So I'm not saying that's the case. Like Terry Taylor, you love. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like there are guys out there that like, I mean, but also like Terry Taylor is a terrible example of this because the guy averaged like 20 and 15 his whole career. You know what I mean? Kelton Blevins shooting 33% from the field this year. I don't understand. Limited samples. You say, well, maybe he's tearing up in the G league. Guess what? Kelton Blevins (laughs) shot in the G league. You got, you can't do this. This is not fair. Shot 40% from the field in the G league. I do remember when J.R. Smith's brother got a one-year deal with the Knicks and he was on their G League team. It was when they were in Erie before they were in Westchester. And he was not very good. And he was on an NBA guaranteed contract. And I was like, this is this is interesting how this works. That J.R. Smith had that type of pull to get his yeah, brother paid I mean, for a year. And good on him, right? Like, good on Dame. Like, Except when Damian Lillard looks around and complains about the depth on his Let team. me ask you a question. Do you think that Blevins will be a member of the Portland Trailblazers next year if they are yeah, winning I think competitive? So. You think he's going to be the 15th guy? 
maybe I'm, <laughs> he might be one of the worst players in NBA history. <laughs> There's um, no way you know that. There's just I, no way. I mean, the numbers just are just horrible. <laughs> they're trying to lose. The Oklahoma City's probably played somebody as bad as him this year. I'm looking at remember Samaj Christian. That's another guy's name comes to mind. Yeah, he was a good college player though. Yeah, he just didn't play well. It's like he got too many minutes. All right, here, hold on. Let's see. Let's see really quickly. All right, Gabriel Deck for Oklahoma City. They basically signed him to reach their salary floor. Rob Edwards, he was at uh, Arizona State. He was fine. I mean, these these dudes, like we could we could do a whole podcast on. Bad but there's players. no one there who shoots forty percent from the G League. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you over the next week because you don't have anything else to do. Please come up with me for me the first, second, and third team all tank team, which is yeah. players like Blevins. Like you believe, like I think I was, think it's it's easy to do. You look at Portland, you look at Oklahoma City. I mean, it's like they're really trying. Dude, hard. Portland, Portland. I, all right, this will be the last thing we say, and then we'll sign off. But I, I do think I don't know if I texted you this or not, but at some point uh, the other day, I think we were talking about. <laughs> Kelgen Blevins, because unfortunately we've we've talked about him a lot. But there they started a roster that had, in my opinion, like was was I think arguably the worst NBA like roster I'd ever seen. And I, I want to get it up. So against Oklahoma City, they started uh Keon Johnson, Brandon Williams, Drew Eubanks, CJ Ellerby, Elijah Hughes, and then their bench, Ben McLemore, Chris Dunn, and Blevins. Like I mean, that's Before like Blevins can't even start for the tanking team. I mean, that's all right. Here's who, let me tell you who they played against. They played against wow, Lindy Waters is in the NBA. Oh my goodness, Oklahoma City is just like we're listen, killing listen Kelgen. This. Not, I mean, no offense to Kelgen. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've just spent the last five minutes destroying the guy. He played a four game stretch. <laughs> listen this to this bad. four game stretch playing a total of 37 minutes and went a combined. 0 for 7 from the field. So 37 <laughs> minutes of just not making a shot. What if I what if I pose it to you this way? And Actually, then also did not. he plays his role better than anyone in the NBA because what his job is is to help Portland lose games. Without Portland so. looking like they lose they're losing games, trying to lose games, if you will. But I mean, I guess to his credit, like a lot of t- people in that situation would throw up some shots. He's starting to do that lately. A solid two for twelve game. Four for ten. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not going to like get off my lawn this because I, I think it's like it's whatever. But like the NBA, this is a this is a problem to me. Honestly, not not like not having someone be like a legacy signing, right? But like Giannis's brother, for example, Milwaukee, like he's credibly an okay NBA player. He's, he's not. He's not really. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Yeah. But but my point is like the roster is being thrown out by Oklahoma city and like Portland, like they're, they're even worse in my opinion than like the Sixers were in the early tank years. Cause at least the Sixers were rotating through guys trying to find some dudes that might stick in the future. Like there's a good chance by the time Oklahoma city is good or Portland is good again, that there's like one dude on the roster that might still be there. Like for Oklahoma city, like maybe Trey Mann will still be on their team, but it's, you know, in a testament to superstars desire to win that they don't want to subvert their team salary cap. Cause I'm surprised there's not more examples of Giannis demanding that Milwaukee pays his brother $10 million a year. Like that's a way to subvert the salary cap. Um, but no one really does that. I mean, you know, Kelgen Blevins making a million dollars. He makes the minimum. Yeah. I mean, and this is a team that's not going to make hit the salary. They're going to like hit the salary floor anyway. Well, uh, not, not arguably LeBron is the worst culprit in terms of like, (laughs) getting his like rich client 
Paul people's paid. Yeah, he gets them paid more money. Like like Teal and Horton Tucker's contract is a is an issue for the Lakers, right? And I'm not yeah. saying like uh, other teams would have paid Teal and Horton Tucker. Don't get me wrong, but like it's an issue for the Lakers for sure. It just is. All right, I'm not gonna. Like, we got we got to sign off because like we're. We, Good we're, luck we're, to everybody. Well, we'll be back next week. Is the playoffs going to start? We're going to make our playoff picks. No, not next week. Goals. But we can. Well, we should know. I would imagine by the end of next by the by next week's show, we should know pretty much what matchups will be. So, and we can and, make our you know all NBA stuff. We'll do. We can do all. Yeah, that come stuff. come back with your first, second, and third team. And I'll do an tanks. LVP. I'll announce the least valuable player in the league. It's not going to be Kelvin Blevins because, as you mentioned, they're tanking. Who cares? Yeah, I mean he he actually though. Like you said, he might be the actual worst player. Yeah, he's like the, the worst, but he doesn't. It doesn't but it's hard in, from a value perspective. His value to Portland is actually probably pretty high because yeah. of how good he is at tanking. Yes, I mean, exactly. Russ is going to, aren't you, isn't it going to be Russ? Like I, I, I did a pu- public like post on Reddit asking people, like I would say 70% voted for Russ. I'm not sure I'm going, but I, I don't know. He's not bad. He's not like that bad. That's the right. thing. Like the Lakers are a dumpster fire, but I don't know that he's like the, like Evan Fournier, like for a while was really yeah. bad. I have like a short list of like 10. I might send to you to double check. All right. Well, he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can read his great posts about the worst players in the NBA. Uh, you can email us. So Janet Ellison at gmail.com. And uh, like you said, we'll be back next week. As always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the underdog sports NBA show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 